Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Abby Nett, the Black Country Blokes, you in the fact, here with me, Kev Dillon and Aaron Jew. And today we are going for gold. Not just in a sporting sense, obviously with the Olympics going on now and all of our GB team, not from boxing, swimming, wrestling, judo, we are smashing it. So a massive well done to GB so far and keep up the good work. But overall, getting our gold medals, be it in going for a job or having a partner, whatever it is, having the dream and having the dream to succeed. I mean, um, earlier in the year, I was uh, dubbed one of the hometown heroes for Commonwealth Games 2022 next year. And we're going to Birmingham tomorrow, me and the family going there to see all the different sports and have a chat, maybe some interviews. And it's amazing when... You think how far we've come as a coach, taking the club on from my dad and Big John, and Big John obviously still up here, still a massive part of the club, but took it on to this podcast. And considering we're a four, apart from me now and the other three, the rest were strangers. And now we're doing this, we're on radio. We've, and the world really does feel at our feet at the moment, doesn't it, bruv? It does, yeah. I was just saying, because um, normally Lee sits here, so Lee's normally setting all this up. And even since the last time I've been here, so I think it was lockdown two, I was just saying it's gone all fancy now, isn't it? Yeah. From sitting with your phone to literally sitting here now, you know, I've got wireless keyboards and stuff flying around and, you know, we can see ourselves on the screen and stuff. But this is literally just, you know, a, a small achievement in, in terms of the grand scheme of things, in terms of what you've done um, with the radio show. And like you said, now you can kind of see things just opening up. And now it's just about saying yes to opportunities isn't it because like you said the world is literally at our feet in terms of how far you want to potentially take this and i think one thing that we've done well you guys have done much better than myself is connect with other industries as well and i think you know we, we were speaking about the olympics just before this and we've titled this going for gold but one of the quickest ways to get far in life at least in my perspective is by working with other people and helping other people along the way because i, I truly believe the more people you help you know, to um, get what they want, then then consequently you'll get what you want, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we were lucky enough to be down at DK Rugby Club the other day, we're tough enough to care. And then next we had our own stall and we were talking to different organisations. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, oh, from Ripple, uh, Blumenick, I've forgotten. A very good friend as well. But we actually met for the first time, Alice. Alice Blumenick, that was going to drive me mad. But she was there and... <laughs> We've become good friends through this new virtual world and talking to a face-to-face and meeting other people from Kaleidoscope and uh, Mental Health Matters. And there's a few other great people there and there. And it's, it's great networking. And funny enough, before we went to the first lockdown, I did my mental health uh, first aid course with Mental Health First, CIC. And they are coming down to the club this Saturday Ian Hines from Mental Health First CIC and he's going to be doing a course a mental health awareness course where people over the age of 16 or if they're under 16 now uh, up to 12 have to be there with a guardian but we're going to be talking about things to watch out for on the workplace you know like from anxiety depression eating disorders self-harm 
um, um, psychotic episodes and obviously suicide. But I want to get this in grassroots. I want to use um, the Lions Boxing Club as a hub for everything that's mental health and get different courses down here, explaining, sharing experiences, but saying, you know what, you know your Kev. He is showing signs of, and then, I mean, that in itself is great. Show, show, um, you're you're uh, Darren, he's showing signs, but then you go, but what do I do now? Because I'm not qualified. But then giving people, like we do with all these shows, hotlines and forum, so they can look further into it. And that's the job of the first aid. It's not to necessarily put that person back together. It's to keep them alive until a professional comes. Uh, uh, try your best to come down this Saturday. Yeah. It's 9am till 12am mm -hmm. and it's going to be learning. I mean, I did my mental health first aid and I want this to be in all gyms, especially boxing, mm -hmm. in all workplaces, but not just like your gaffer, the bloke you're on the trail with, the person you're on yeah. the pads with, because you're more likely to talk to that person a higher up. If you talk to a higher up, you're always fighting about getting the sack yeah. or being uh, kicked out of a club, which I, would never happen here. But if we can have people on your level talking, Maybe that's going to go middling itself. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I am um, again, even even just taking it back and uh, stripping that a little bit. If we never had our conversations when we first started this, mm. I don't think we would be as aware of somebody else's problems. So we, we kind of have, I, I suppose, the added benefit of when you speak to different people and they explain their symptoms or what's going on in their mind. For example, we're able to potentially see that in other people now when we go out there because we've got we've had that exposure. Essentially, we can see that. Maybe that person, you know, sitting in the corner or that person who's always got their head down or doesn't make eye contact, for example, there could be something underlying there. There could be something that, you know, just just needs delving into ever so slightly. So I think like what you were doing on Saturday and, you know, moving forward, it's about at least giving someone the basic knowledge that, you know, there, there might be a loved one in their family that they're just not seeing the potential problems. I and, mean, you know, more than anyone, Kev, mental health is one of those things that if, if you don't, if you're not proactive with it, it can just get worse and worse. And obviously, you know, obviously the, the far extreme side of it is, unfortunately, the, the suicides and stuff, you know, that, that we've spoken about. So you want to kind of nip it in the bud as early as possible. And, and the only way you can do that is just by spreading awareness to at least, here's a helpline here. If there's somebody else you need to speak to that's external, for example, you know, there's a community here. Get into sports, you know, we were speaking about sports and that's hopefully where we'll segue to in, in a few moments. One of the best antidepressants going to the gym for myself or even boxing here many years ago i don't I don't remember ever feeling my anxiety when i'm on a bag for example or i'm lifting weights you know we, i know the physiological benefits of it you release endorphins you're, you it is literally like an antidepressant i'm not saying you know we can do that all day we still have low days but it's such a great thing that we sh that is a proactive almost like medicine and a natural one and so many people call me here in other gyms and I said, because this is where I come to feel safe. This yeah. is where sometimes I dread coming, you know, get, it's been a cold, wet day or it's a hot, sunny day. And it's so hard to get from office setting into the gym. But you always leave better by talking to people who care about you. And as you said, getting out that, that rust off and getting the sweat out and generally just feeling better about yourself. Then the next stage is when you start seeing the physical changes, you've lost fat, or you've put on muscle, or you're noticing I'm not getting as out of breath when I'm going up and down the stairs. Mm -hmm. These are all goals that you can physically see happening before your eyes. No, no, absolutely. Um, I, th I think we see this more on social media as well. When you look good, you feel good. And yeah, you know, I don't want to go into the social media side of it, but 
even myself, you know, when I get a haircut or when I've worked out for a few months and I can see that, like you said, the physical change in my body, it gives me confidence. I feel better about myself. So, you know, just how if, if you're adding a few pounds and you're going through a rut, for example, that has the adverse effect, the opposite effect. It's so, it's so important. But yeah, you were just saying then about working up a sweat and then getting out of here. It's one of the hardest things to do in terms of that little bit of motivation. But once you're doing it, it's literally you you have i always find like you get like a 12 hour effect of it like as soon as you get home and you've had that shower you feel good you feel good about anything you eat or drink that night you feel you feel proud of yourself that you tested yourself and then you know the endorphins and all the all the good stuff that comes with it it lasts you have a good night's sleep there's so many it's almost like a keystone habit and, and i love keystone habits because it's literally doing one thing that has so many other benefits and you know if we can all implement that for an hour a day i just think it's a, it's a great win I mean, the key with success in anything is persistence yeah. and hard work. Hard work can be dealing with a disability. It can be with dealing with everyday life. It can be dealing with mental health. But the key is not to throw in the towel yeah. because you've got to persevere. If it was easy, everyone would be a world champion. Everyone would be a prime minister. Everyone would be whatever you, your dreams and ambitions are, a gold medalist at the Olympics or the Paralympics. But every one of those athletes has had hard times. Some people are more benefit to have better finances. Yeah. Some people are better uh, equipped with better genetics. But with every athlete has come sacrifice. And we talk about this today, wasn't mm -hmm. we? So everyone comes sacrifice. And even if you see these the greats of all time, Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan and whoever it is, they have had to sacrifice something along the way maybe relationships maybe they've had to do detrimental sacrifice and they've you know unfortunately had the marriages break down mm -hmm. but it's how much you're willing to sacrifice for success and that's what a lot of people don't do and every coach from every sport will know this feeling you have someone coming out with more god-given ability than anyone else and it can't be asked He's too bothered about going down the park and having a spliff, or he wants to go to the pub, or he wants to go off courting with you know. But the true athletes will walk past that Mars bar. The true uh, dedicated person, sorry, I've got to go to bed. I need my uh, so and so sleep. And it's what you're willing to sacrifice either a social life now, or whether you're going to live on baked beans and toast knowing that better things will come. So with every success must come sacrifice and hard work pays off overall. Yeah, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about that the other day. And I think from my perspective and probably yours, being a coach in boxing, because one of your dreams was always to, to box as a young kid, it's probably more frustrating because you're thinking, my God, if I had that talent yeah. or you know the physical capabilities that, that this person has, I wouldn't let it slip. But then I was I was playing devil's advocate with that because maybe that person doesn't love it the way that you and I, for example, loved it. Mm. Um, you know, I was always I always say when when I was a little kid, six to seven, always wanted to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Boxing was my dream, mm. but because I used to suffer with convulsions as a child, it, it was never really allowed. So I, you know, I kind of went into like jujitsu and other uh, like non-contact sports essentially. And I always, you know, when I started at twenty-five, I used to look at kids. I was like my God, I'd do anything for what you guys have, but I know you're not going to be disciplined enough. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a strange one because we're obviously a bit more, we have a biased opinion for that. But I, I think, it, I, I hope that person uses 
the discipline that maybe we would have in the boxing game in somewhere else in their life because there are people who just coast through life and that that i think is a shame because there is something great about like disciplining yourself and striving for something better because i think as humans we need we need progression we need to see ourselves moving forward in life because when we don't get that we get disheartened and we have those days where we start feeling low and if, if you have too many of those days i just think it's a dangerous circle and especially like I, I see some people and they have lost love for the sport but their parents keep bringing them and they force them on so what they end up doing even though the parent believes they're doing the right thing because they see that god-given ability and oh my god he could do this when you're dragged to do something that you you have lost the love for you're less likely to achieve at it yeah. and i think sometimes people live their lives through their children we can't do that we want to encourage our children to be the best thing but the best thing we can give our children is joy and happiness and let them find their own things because I, i've seen it so many times and i go oh uh kevin he he uh he doesn't want to come anymore but i'm making him i'm making him think well you see that same kid not wanting it anymore you've got to do it for yourselves and i, I see so many people and they go i'm doing this for my uh, granddad mike and i'm doing this for my uh, uh who died and I, I and you go your granddad your mom your dad your auntie your uncle will love you anyway but then the biggest thing is making you making you happy seeing you be happy and sometimes as a coach it breaks your heart when you know aaron could do all this and he, he leaves as long as aaron's happy i'm happy yeah. you'll only achieve it if you believe it and you want it and you are willing to sacrifice for it no, I think that's a great point. I think I think it all comes down to happiness. That's that's the number one goal for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's is it's not so much if I become a world champion, for example. It's it's the happiness of that journey. It's the happiness of enjoying being able to do something every day. I always say, being a footballer, in my opinion, it would be the greatest job in the world. I pay every week thirty, forty pounds to play football mm -hmm. for for the privilege of it. If somebody was going to pay me for that, mate, I, that would, that would be an absolute dream for myself. But again, it's all about the happiness side. So I think I think you're right with that. One thing I was going to ask, and this is interesting, um, I had a little bit of it myself. I find that when when you're a child, and especially now, we're very impressionable with you know our circle of friends, for example. So I used to do gymnastics, and I was very very good at it in terms of I was I was excelling very very quickly, passing all the badges. And those those four of us that used to go, those two brothers, and there was another guy, really close friend of mine. And we were all in it together and we were all kind of getting the badges within like a month or so of each other and then all of a sudden um one of my best friends there he left and then the two brothers left within two months all of a sudden i was like i don't want to go back to gymnastics now yeah. and you know my dad used to take me used to take me to jiu-jitsu and gymnastics and then he wasn't really he never pressured pressured me to carry on he did say like i think you should still go i said no and then that was pretty much the end of the conversation um i look back now in hindsight and gymnastics gave me so much strength so much it, it actually helped me in so many other ways in my life that I regret because I was probably about a year away from being able to just do freestanding somersaults on the floor and do all, all the crazy stuff that I wanted to do and I kicked myself for giving up so early there now it, it's, a, it's a strange one because there's probably kids that fall in and out of love of the sport and it's finding that bit of okay I'll pull away from you a little bit but not enough that that talent that you know like a Mayweather who never stopped mm. you don't you don't sacrifice that so th there's always that difficult line isn't it in terms of like bit from a parent you can step away and then maybe they'll find love again but then what did, did you leave it too long yeah. is that is that making sense what i'm trying to yeah, say yeah it's, it's difficult as a parent because you want to encourage but as you said with peers your peers have such an effect especially in your your early years mm. 
teen, like primary school, secondary school, college, university, and you will listen to music that your friends like. Yeah. You'll wear clothes that you think will impress your friends or uh, people you're trying to go out with. You will fancy someone and your friends will go, oh, they are not attractive. And you will put yeah. your own feelings aside because I want to be seen out for this person. And how many people are, oh, well, do you horse riding as a kid? We're going to get lessons. And then my friends are going, oh, that's a girl sport, that's a girl sport. So I didn't do it because my friends didn't want me to. And how many times this goes through life that sometimes we listen to our friends and I'll say to the kids here, like me and Aaron are training, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Aaron, did you watch uh, Joe Joyce on the weekend? Uh, Kevin is aware that Aaron is doing better. So what Kevin will try and do is stop Aaron from achieving it because Kevin probably knows he's never going to get there. Mm -hmm. So be aware of this person in life. They can be your friends. but go, look, Kev, we'll talk after. I'm giving everything here. If you don't want to, if that's not your dream yeah. or you're not capable of doing it, that's not my problem. It's not always bad to be selfish because to love oneself is like to take oneself seriously. I can have, we can have a laugh and I'll take my... I can have a laugh at my own expense, but I'm not a fool. You know what I mean? I, I, I've got humility in myself that I can laugh and joke, but when it comes to the metal, I'm giving everything, and no one's going to stand in the way of my, my dreams. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Um, and, you know, on, on the point of this, this um, podcast today about going for gold, I think we have to be selfish in that mm -hmm. and realise that actually, if it's making you happy, the, the chances are, especially you know, the conversations that we've, we're, we're speaking about today, you're not harming no one in di directly, which, which is, as long as you're not harming no one, I think it's okay to be selfish. Yeah. And you have to do that. You know, I, I did it when I, when I tried to box at 25. For 18 months, I was, you know, completely as well. I wasn't, I wasn't going to my friends' parties because I knew if I'm around in that party, I don't have the willpower yeah. to say no to a drink. I'm going to end up drinking. I'm going to have one and then two and then all of a sudden I'm going to be on the floor then I'm going to miss training yeah. and running in the morning. So for, literally for 18 months, I think I had like one beer and that was at a show when the fight got cancelled. So I was ready to fight. The guy, the guy, something happened and then all of a sudden I was like, I went to the bar, I had a Budweiser. Um, and even that, I had like a sip of it and I was like, I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. Back on the, do you know what I mean? So you have to be selfish in certain aspects of your life. I do that now. Even if I have a, if I have a goal, I have to just focus on that. And to be selfish, as in business, yeah. as in career, as in, it's not to mean that I will Judas someone. Mm. I will yeah, of course. step over someone. I won't slander someone to make myself better. It just means I'm going to do everything in my power to make me the best candidate, to make me the best athlete, to make me the best at whatever I'm going to do. Doesn't mean I've got to, as I say, oh, Aaron's been doing this. Oh, Craig's been doing this. At least, because no, that. I don't like that in the world. I don't like people who are bad mouthful for people to try and step on their shots to success. But all we can do is our best. Don't try to do your best, because if you try to do it, you'll probably never do it. Do your best in everything that you want to succeed in. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I think I think it's really strange because, you know, we speak about children or as teenagers, there's people, you have natural talents. We all have mm -hmm. something that we gravitate towards a lot quicker. But it's so difficult because I don't think until at least you hit your, I'm stereotyping it a little bit here, but at least your 30s as, as a minimum where you start to understand your actual values. Mm -hmm. So this is why sometimes, um, and, and I could be completely wrong here, but sometimes if you're in a relationship very young, you don't actually know 
what you both want later on. For example, one of you may not want kids, for example, or one of you may want to travel the world and one of you may want to stay closer to home. There's so many different things you haven't really thought about in terms of your values. I think that's the kind of exercise that comes later on in life when you've had a bit of experience, um, especially for myself, where I'm fortunate that me and my wife have the same values in life. We value the exact same things, which which, or or if we haven't, we've compromised for the the other person. Um, And I think it's a shame because that comes later on in life. Because if you knew that early on, these are my values. This is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to become. This is what's important to me. You can instantly be selfish and become very great at what you want to do. And I think when you're aligned to your values and you do the stuff that's important to you, like how you how you do with this with this podcast and all the work that you do, you're happier. You're actually happier. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean. And sometimes through life, we're just trying to find and navigate our way towards just that thing that gives us purpose, gives us something that we're giving back to somebody that in, intrinsically makes you happier. And it's aligned with your values. Well, they always say age is wasted on the young, uh, because at all that time you've got the testosterone, you've got the strength, you've got all these wonderful things, but you waste it on Tom Foolery nine times out of ten. Some people don't. But isn't it funny your values can change through life, through circumstances? You have your co- your core values of um, I'll try and be nice, I do this, I do that, and your core values that will probably stay with you all your life. But all the other values do splinter off, and my values change. I mean, I've always loved kids like through running uh, the club and being right. But then when I had my own daughter, my values changed again because then she comes before me and then Kate comes before me. And eventually, you know, the cat comes before me. I'm right <laughs> on the bottom of the pile. <laughs> but it's, um, isn't it funny though? Like, as you say, if we could get our mind now and put into our younger selves, however, we, if you had all the knowledge but no experience, the knowledge wouldn't mean as much. Of course. We need the experience because, like, um, my big brother or your uncles or whatever, they'll go, uh, Look, if you do this, you're going to have a lamp in. If you do this, you'll have your heart broken. If you do this, you'll get fired. And you go, Yeah, yeah, it won't happen to me. Mm. And then by learning it from yourself, having the black eye, having your heart broken, losing your job, you go, All right, then. That is an experience, and with experience comes knowledge. Yeah. And I believe that with every experience, be it a great experience or a bad experience, it gives you uh, chapters in your book yeah. that you can go back to and go, hang on, hang on. When I did this, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got a lamp then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. No, absolutely. I, th- I think um, there was a great quote. I was listening to a podcast um, last week, and, and, and the guy, he'd come from prison. He was incarcerated uh, for ages. He'd come out, he changed his life, completely knocked it on his head. Done a, done a complete 360 and he was speaking about how every person in the world is a book mm-hmm. and essentially you can learn from every single person be that good or bad yeah. very very quickly in terms of like the stuff you're talking about experience um one thing I, I i i wish i knew when i was little and it'd probably be the only message i'd say to my kids other than just be kind and be try and be a good person is if you give up this now for example let, let's just let's just use boxing as, a, as an analogy and they, and they love it, but then all of a sudden they want to fall out of love with it or stop it, then just know that you may not achieve your maximum potential and be become the next Mayweather or the next, you know, whoever you want to be, for example, and just know that that your excuse there will not be valid. And I think even for myself now, I know I can have aspirate, I have big goals, but sometimes I also know I need a balance in my life as well. And, and you know, that that's, that's its own episode. But I think I can either... Re- aim to achieve this whether i hit it or not or i can aim to achieve this but i i can enjoy the process and i can see my friends and family a lot more I can have drinks on the weekend you know i can yeah. 
do that, that stuff or I can just be completely as well and just do that. And for me, I'm comfortable saying, actually, I'd rather achieve this yeah. and I'm happy with that. Yeah. So I won't ever beat myself up for not achieving that, yeah. if that makes sense. So I think sometimes just having that conversation that that's fine if you want to give it up, but just know whether it's tomorrow or in you know 10 years time, you won't, your excuse isn't valued valid sorry in terms of why you haven't achieved what you've achieved yeah. or be okay with that be accept your decisions that you've made and, and move that over Listen, as i said before in success has got to come sacrifice Absolutely. Yeah. but if it is a sacrifice that um, your children might have the all-time greatest athlete that is made the statues and museums built around him but your own children didn't like him yeah or her your partner couldn't wait around for you yeah. you've got to sacrifice something but at what cost because mm -hmm. success is great but it's who you spend it with absolutely yeah same yeah. with legacy you know we could have everyone around the black country and around the world going oh that kevin dylan that kevin dylan unless my daughter still wants to come and give me a kiss and cuddle what, what it really matters mm. and, and i suppose that again comes down to values there, there's probably athletes out there you've heard the stories where for you there you, you spoke about your daughter and your family and the people close to you mm. for others they've happily sacrificed not being there for their kids because they're on tour or they're doing yeah. whatever they need to do in a game it, it, it's all a values game for me i couldn't sacrifice that i still need to see my friends and family mm. you know every at least, at least once a week i need to see somebody that i'm close with because i'm at my happiest when i'm around people i love i mean love the olympics now i mean what superstars and how, how everyone's doing brilliant yeah how difficult it must be they've had sacrifice a year for the corona mm -hmm. then they've gone over there and the sporting staff is a lot smaller and a lot of the athletes are sat up there in a room on their own until they either have to do training or competing yeah and for some people with like ourselves very close family units how difficult that must be because i, I we witnessed it through um the lockdowns mm -hmm. when i could then talk to my mom and dad and richie and whoever uh, my mother-in-law on the um on you know on the facetime yeah but it wasn't the same as a kiss and a cuddle or even just when we couldn't kiss and cuddle just being there in the presence so they're showing not only like superhuman talent but superhuman mental strength resilience is unreal unreal i, th I think the, the people going through it today having been delayed which is which is already annoying as it is yeah for anything you know if, you, if you've got expectations and you've you've prepared yourself not just physically but mentally for something for that then to be brought off then to go through a whole lockdown then you've got the uncertainty as well and i and i worry for them now because they're obviously all, all within one confined kind of space mm -hmm. wherever they you know wherever it is and you have that fear of I, I shouldn't be near this person in case i catch it and then that then destroys my or even if it goes, just pings yeah yeah you know what I mean? they're just they're, absolutely there's so many different anxieties that they shouldn't be carrying having done all that work for that long you should just be focusing on the event and giving their best and turning up but there, there's so much more that comes with it and then it's have you prepared for that because you can you can prepare all the physical attributes for it but um yeah my hat goes off to him because i just think unbelievable athletes and so much dedication you know even the people who will finish technically last i just think it's incredible that they've got themselves there and like in like because uh, we're all used to we watched the opening ceremony the other day and it was so weird not having people there not been watching events and the crowd can pick you up yeah you can get hit with a shot you go over and then wembley arena goes go on and you go you know what i've got one more in me mm -hmm. but when you're there and you're just looking up and you might have your coach or whoever 
shouting, but you're thinking, mm. but if you've got the the roar of Tokyo or Birmingham or wherever it is, wherever you are from, and they roar, it picks you up. And it's not even like the same as like if we're doing sparring here in the Lions because you've got your team members going, go on, go on, or go on, you know, tuning to run. You are literally there with the corner people, the officials, and the camera crew. Yeah, it's weird, it's man. Strange, it's strange. Well, I'm a big football fan, and I've been watching United for the last year with like no sound. And it's one of the things growing up, we, we always called our crowd the 12th man. Yeah, essentially, you know, used to pick you up. We were always scoring late goals because we were, we were on the back of the players, you know, supporting them all the way. And it's it, it's been really weird because I feel like there's certain performances, and I've been watching them for like 30 years now. And I'm like, if we had the fans there. I think we would have just give you that second win. Yeah. You know, certain players who just needed that second win. Yeah. I've had it, you know, you, you're playing sometimes and if somebody starts shouting or giving you a bit of encouragement or motivation, it just pushes you along. Mm. You know, we're, we're humans and I think a lot of us have a natural state just to be lazy or just to kind of mm. coast where you can. But if you've got people on your back, you know, 80,000 supporters who have paid yeah. good money and you appreciate them for coming down, you, you almost feel debt, in debt, debt to them. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And it, it's amazing, like, but how do you train your mind to react into it? So what all these athletes from all around the world, I know we've got a big following from around the world, and whatever country you're from, be very proud of them because to get to the Olympics, as you said, they come in bottom or top, what an honour it is to go to them, uh, them Olympics. You know, and I wish you all the best. Obviously not as much as Great Britain. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no bias there. But I know uh, Aaron's got to get off early today. so. Um, on Thursday, this Thursday, we are um, on the radio station. If you haven't downloaded the app, download the Black Country radio app, click over to Black Country Extra, and you can listen to us every Thursday live, 7 pm to 9 pm. If you do miss it, you can catch up for the next week on Catch Up or On Demand. I can't remember which one it's called. And we've got the brilliant Debbie Slater. Debbie's been on the show before, and she's a part of the Black Country Women's Aid, which is a wonderful organization from around the black country that doesn't just work with women it works with men children modern day slavery abuse childhood abuse and they are housing refuge they are the business and debbie's one of my favorite people in the world so please come and uh, come and listen to us and then next tuesday uh i'm not sure we've got on to tell the truth um so tune in then and don't forget, we're doing our mental health awareness course this Saturday at the Lions. That's the 31st of July, 9 a.m. Oh, we're not doing that. We, doing that today. No, we haven't got that. Uh, sorry, because I'm in the Commonwealth Games uh, tomorrow, we won't be doing our support group okay. this Wednesday. But no, that's right, Aaron. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was, I was trying to get, get ahead of the game there. So is that on next Wednesday? That'll be on next Wednesday. Every Wednesday, but I can't do this Wednesday because we're going down to see the Commonwealth 2022. Um, but yes, sorry, and we're doing a mental, uh, the mental health awareness course this Saturday, the 31st of July, 9am to 12pm. Come down. If you're around here, come down. It's a free course and you'll leave it learning a lot. Fantastic. So I'll leave with a quote. Someone said to a man, he says, how did you become so lucky? And he says, funny enough, more I practice, luckier I become. So until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Toronto bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. 
But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta bit. Listen, listen, listen.